is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit sovereigninsurance.ca to learn more. Diversify. Don't just put all your eggs in one export market, think about what other export markets you could do well at, and EDC will help you figure that out. With Export Development Canada, doing business abroad doesn't need to be risky. We take on the risks so you can think bigger and grow confidently. EDC, take on the world. You're listening to The Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network where we help women entrepreneurs start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality even faster. This podcast is presented in partnership with Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. Make your way over to startupcan.ca forward slash podcasts to subscribe to the Thrive community. And subscribe to listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Finally, we'd love for you to rate this podcast and leave a review on iTunes for the chance to have it read on air. We want these shows to impact as many people as possible, and your reviews will help us get there. I'm your host, Gomal Minhas, founder of CoreSpace, your one-stop shop for all things work, wellness, and impact. Visit kaur.space to find out more. I'm also the producer of Dream Girl, the documentary film showcasing the lives of inspiring and ambitious female entrepreneurs that we premiered at the Obama White House. I'm so happy to be here today. Welcome to the show. Tanya Geisler is a certified leadership coach, TEDx women speaker, and writer. Tanya has taught hundreds of women and women-identified folks how to step into their starring roles, own their authority, and overcome the imposter complex with unshakable confidence. Tanya is passionate about helping these individuals shake off their self-doubt so they can own their success instead of being afraid of it. Through group sessions, one-on-one coaching, and Tanya's 11-week starring role playbook program, She has helped clients take control of their dreams and desires, reminding them that their lives are theirs to live and that their success is theirs to own. On her podcast, Ready Enough, Tanya explores how the imposter complex gets in our way and how we can break through these feelings to lift up ourselves, others, and our dreams. Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, Tanya. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. I so appreciate the work that you do because I find when it comes specifically to entrepreneurship, imposter syndrome is always looming. Can you share with us how this became sort of the focus of your work? Oh, I always 
call myself kind of a reluctant expert. Like I did not go looking for this, but it kept <laughs> dogging me. You know, it didn't matter how successful I was in different areas of my life. I always had this sort of shadow of a doubt that it was just a matter of time before they would find out that I'm not as capable or talented or skilled as they believed I was. And so when it was named for me, I can back up a little bit here. I was invited to do a TEDx talk and I had been coaching for probably about ugh, six years at that point, six, seven years. I've been a speaker for a couple and I was invited to do a TEDx talk. And the theme was the space between what is real and what we believe. And so I thought, oh, no problem. I'm just going to handle inner critics. And then I realized it's 20 minutes. <laughs> and I got a little more concise. So I thought, let me just pull the one thing that I notice in high-functioning folks. And that one thing, that one spread that seemed to ribbon through everyone's experience, including my own, was this imposter complex. And that's where I really decided to, to really invest um, and analyze and research and understand this behemoth uh, of the imposter complex. And how did that show up in your life? Because I often find that what we spend and dedicate our life to can often is often very related to experiences we've had ourselves. So this might be a, a big assumption, but I, I feel like it it likely came from an experience you had. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's this is you know this is the reluctant expert heart. Um, I didn't go looking for it. It kind of came from me. And then I realized time and time again, all of these, you know, I've been speaking with my clients who are New York Times bestselling authors, and they would talk about this experience. And of course, what's actually happening for me over here as a coach was, oh, they don't find out. <laughs> that I'm not, right? like, I hope they don't find out that that's exactly what I'm experiencing right now, coaching this incredible person. So when I realized, and so, so I, it was sort of, like I was sitting on top of it as I was studying it and I'm writing a book on it. So you can only imagine how meta this all mm. gets, you know, what do I know about writing a book about the imposter complex, which is of course the imposter complex trying to tell me that I don't know enough. Um, so over, you know, over the last decade, I've really honed my skills and my work actually isn't about overcoming it and being done with it forever and ever and ever. It's really about flicking on the light faster, um, you know, having a, and having a faster recovery and going, oh, hello, there you are. I recognize you, I know what you are, I know what you're doing, and you're here because this matters to me. So I always wanna be really clear about, it's not about overcoming it because that's it's just setting us up for failure, really it is, because it's always gonna be part of our expansion. Every time we're on the precipice of something new and big and meaningful and important to us, it's going to show up. So it, so it shows up, like I say, it, and, it, and I also let me be clear, it doesn't show up in all aspects of our lives. It really shows up in those places that are super incredibly important to us and they're really close to our hearts. So for instance, I have a yoga practice. I'm 
okay, but I have zero need to be masterful in my yoga practice. That's just mm-hmm. me. So it doesn't show up there. It doesn't show up on, on the yoga mat, but it does show up in my coaching and my parenting and my teaching and my leading and my speaking because those are the places that are the most important to me. And most recently in my social justice work, this is, you know, all the, it, it, it's just, this is really important to me. So that's what's going to show up. It showed up right when I launched my writing enough podcast, it's showing up in my book writing and it's showing up uh, and I go, oh, all right, this must matter. And I know what to do now. And so that what to do now piece, can you share with our listeners some of your advice uh, to your clients, to yourself for reconciling with imposter syndrome? Yes. And do you mind terrifically if I, if I, I'm a big fan of attributing the teachers. So I always start with a tiny bit of a history lesson. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Yeah. So because it's really important. This isn't my work. This is, you know, I deepened my analysis of it, but the term imposter phenomenon was coined by clinical psychologist Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes back in 1978. And they were working with high functioning and high achieving women. And they noticed that these women seemed to be incapable of internalizing their success. Okay. So any success that these women that they were working with would have, they would chalk up to luck, fluke, timing or having somehow managed to deceive people into thinking they're more capable than they actually were, right? But their failures, they were more than able to identify with. They were over-identifying with the failures rather than their success. So this is the first piece that I think is important to know, that the imposter complex will prioritize the failures over the successes, and it will have a discount to the value of those successes. So that's really what it's doing. And we now understand that this is actually, there's, there's a bioevolutionary context to this. You know, it's like, it's part of our, it's part of our system to make sure we don't mutate too quickly. And it also is inextricably linked to our tribal need to belong. So that's what it's really concerned with, where we belong in relation to other folks. So that's why it's really obsessed with failure or success. It's, it's like, it's got, it's got to be this or it's got to be that. And it really thinks in confidence extremities, like you're either a raging success or a dismal failure, and there's really not much in between. So there's a lot to be said about this. And I just also want folks to listen, as they're listening, I want them to, to remember where this came from. It shows up in folks who are high functioning with strong values of mastery, integrity, and excellence. Actual frauds don't feel like frauds, okay? Actual imposters don't feel like imposters. They're not, they're not experiencing this. They're experiencing something else, but they're not experiencing this. So if you have that imposter kind of experience, that means that by definition, you're not an imposter. But it lies, and there are 12 very specific lies that it has us believe, and it has us hang out in certain traits that have three main objectives. So the, th- the three things that the imposter complex is trying to do, it's trying to keep you out of action, it's trying to have you doubt your capacity, and it wants to have you feeling alone and isolated. Okay, so that's mm. really what it's working on. So, um, so then to answer your question in a super long way, uh, the way to you know, bounce back when it shows up is to meet those objectives, its objectives head on to the strategies. So if it wants to keep us out of action, we need to understand what's actually happening here. Like what is really in the way 
and there's lots of different tools for that, of course. And then if it wants us to doubt our capacity, then our job is to remind ourselves on a cellular level what we are truly capable of because of all that we've already done. And if it wants to keep us alone and isolated, then our job is to, of course, get social and gather our people around us to remind us who we really are. So those will be, you know, in a really global sense, those are always the directions I send people in when they're experiencing the imposter complex. And so when we're looking at sort of, like you said, identifying where it comes from, uh, I think like obviously step one is the awareness that I am in imposter syndrome. And then from there, you can start moving into these action steps. So can you provide, uh, can you share with us like a case study of a client you worked with who they were able to come through this with an experience themselves or even yourself and rise to the occasion, rise to the other side of their experience with imposter syndrome around that area of their life? Sure. I, you know, I work largely, I have two kind of groups of folks that I typically work with. I work with entrepreneurs, uh, mostly entrepreneurs, and I work with another subset. I work with engineers, Mm. interestingly. Um, Yeah, and so there are lots of reasons for that. Uh, It's really where imposter, the imposter complex really shows up um, in these areas that are again, we're, that attract really high-functioning, high-achieving folks. Uh, so this happens to be the two different areas that I, that I see people the most. So we don't necessarily... So there, like I mentioned, there are these 12 specific lies, um, and we don't necessarily need to go through all of them, but one of them is you're not ready yet. Mm. Okay, so this you're not ready yet is of all of the lies in the imposter complex. That's going to be the one that keeps us out of action, but it's like we're borrowing time. I'll be ready when I've hit that next revenue goal. When I hit that next revenue goal, then I can go ahead and pitch the book. Or when I've hit, you know, whatever that is, that nebulous kind of outside of ourselves kind of experience, then I'll be ready to X, Y, and Z. Mm. So that's the one that I hear the most. Um, and then the second one that I hear is um, – you know, it's all been said before, or, you know, you have nothing useful or original uh, or valuable to say. And when we hear this lie of the imposter complex, we don't say anything. You know, we pass up opportunities to collaborate. We don't, as entrepreneurs, we don't, um, you know, share with our audience. We don't write to our lists. We do all of these things that we hide out, right? So Mm. in both cases, you can see where the imposter complex is doing its, its magic of, trying to keep you out of action, doubting your capacity, and of course, alone and isolated. So uh, the first place I take people, so usually people will either identify with one of those lies or one of the behavioral traits that are places that we tend to hide out. So if I don't want to feel like the imposter, I might hide out in perfectionism, or I might hide out in diminishment, or I might hide out in people-pleasing or leaky boundaries or comparison um, or procrastination. So these are places I'm going to hide it. So all this to say, people will show up recognizing that I might be the imposter complex because of these behaviors. So, you know, like pick one. (laughs) So like, (laughs) what you got? Um, So, you know, like a lot of my language is very theatrical. So I end up, you know, talking about stepping into your starring role. And so a lot of folks come to me because they might struggle some with diminishment. 
So, um, you know, and so diminishment is this belief that it's not safe to shine. Mm. Um, and so, and if I shine too bright, then I'm going to start to alienate people. Um, and who am I anyway? You know, who am I to, mm. right? Who am I to dot, dot, dot? Who am I to take the stage? Who am I to pitch myself to the podcast? Who am I to? So when we believe this again, we don't, right? That keeps us out of action and doubting our capacity. So, you know, um, I'm, I'm really trying to, I, obviously the work is very confidential as well. Yeah. So I'm thinking about, um, you know, somebody who I worked with a couple of years ago who really struggled a lot with diminishment. Now I would like being mindful of nuance and discernment and sometimes people pleasing diminishment. Sometimes these behaviors that we kind of hide out in are actually very, you know, we're deeply intelligent human beings. We don't diminish because we want to, because we choose to. We do it because it's a learned behavior. Maybe something has happened in our past, and that tends to be the behavior that we're going to go to. So um, in this person's case, you know, it was clear there was some, there was a specific reason that they had chosen to diminish, but the desire to expand their um you know, the calling uh, to really live into the, their purpose required them to, um, you know, step onto a stage, quite literally step onto a stage and, and launch a speaking career. So, you know, our work was really around, first of all, there was, there was really some unpacking of why diminishment was the way that they would, where they chose to go to. And then when they realized they actually had some choice in the matter that, they really wanted to step fully into their starring role as speaker. We worked hard on building their capacity, building their sense of you know, their power, um, getting this person to really know themselves and then having a reverence for themselves because they were struggling with their presence because diminishment and presence are sort of, interconnected they're very much interconnected so that's what we worked on and we worked on building the capacity which actually meant just reminding this person all that they had done you know the the awards that they had won the things that they had healed and survived and overcome and and sold and created and delivered and we tend to think that you know if i'm an entrepreneur and I really want to create this entirely new offering. It's another arm of my business. How could it possibly matter that I won that seventh grade, you know, science <laughs> fair project, which I did not, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, how does that relate to, uh, to a win that I had in public school? Well, the relationship here is that we have to remind ourselves all of the time that we stood on this precipice of our desire and jumped and landed and on the other side of resistance was a party right so like we really have to remind ourselves that we might not have been here before in this exact moment about to take that first step onto the stage but we have had similar experiences there were other firsts that we proceeded with and didn't just survive but we thrived Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing these thoughts, yeah. for all of your thoughts with us today on the show. I loved our conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Loved having you today. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC and Scotiabank for helping us elevate women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women 
to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rivers Corbett. Make sure to visit CoreSpace, K-A-U-R dot space, to learn to better integrate work, wellness, and impact into your everyday life. Until next time, I'm Gomal Minhas. It's time to thrive.